Welcome to the Christ Connection Podcast. We are here to help and encourage you to enjoy your adventure with Jesus. I'm your host, Kevin Senapati-Ratna. Let the journey begin. Hello and welcome to episode number 43 of the Christ Connection Podcast. My name is Kevin Senapati Rotten, and I'm glad you could join us today. I think you're really going to like this one, and I think it could really have a huge impact on your life. My guest today is none other than John Eldridge. For those who are not familiar with John, uh, he's an author, counselor, and teacher. He's known for such books as Wild at Heart, which I loved, Sacred Romance. He's also president of Ransom Heart, a ministry devoted to helping people discover the heart of God, recover their hearts in God's love and learn to live in God's kingdom. John earned his master's degree in counseling from Colorado Christian University under the direction of Larry Crabb and Dan Allender. Uh, He worked as a counselor in private practice before launching Ransom Heart in the year 2000. Uh, John and his wife Stacy live in Colorado Springs and today we're going to talk about his new book, Get Your Life Back, and I really think you're going to uh, enjoy this, and it's going to uh, kind of encourage you, so grab a pen, grab a notebook, and without further ado, my conversation with John Eldridge. All right, John, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks, Kevin. Good to chat with you. Yeah, I'm excited to dive into your new book, uh, Get Your Life Back, uh, Everyday Practices for a world gone mad. Uh, but before we get there, I had a couple uh, stray questions that I thought we'd start with, if that's all right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, first one, I was looking at your bio uh, on your website. You mentioned uh, you being uh, trained by Larry Crabb and uh, Dan Allender uh, back in the day. Uh, and I was thinking about mentorship uh, and the role that mentors play in our life. When you think about kind of your journey, uh, can you think of how that has impacted you and what people can get from mentors in their life? Well, you know what, Kevin, um, in humility, I think I need to say everything I know I learned from someone else. <laughs> right? <laughs> so I, I go back to, uh, I, I came to Christ in the seventies and, uh, wasn't raised in a, in a family that had faith and found my way, way into a church. And my first pastor, Dick Anderson in Southern California, was huge for me. Taught me to pray, taught me how to love God. Um, you know, and then you just start going along. Yep. Training as a therapist under Crab and Allender. Uh, it was huge. It was absolutely huge. And then as a brand new therapist, I, uh, you know, you've got to supervise under someone. And, and my supervisor was a man named Brent. Uh, and we ended up becoming very close friends, but he was like an older sage figure in my life. And we ended up writing uh, my first book, Sacred Romance, together. So as I look back, I'm like, oh, I owe everything. <laughs> I owe everything to people who have taught me, even like stuff like fly fishing, right? Like, I love it. But I learned it because someone taught me. If, if someone was saying, I need more mentors in their life, do you have any advice on, or have most of the mentors kind of just naturally come into your life and you, or did you pursue them? Does that make sense? Yeah, it's an important question. So let me, it has two parts to the answer. The first answer is some of my mentors actually are not living 
I've learned so much from C.S. Lewis, though we've never met, you know, uh, and, and so to be open to God can mentor you, he can father you in so many ways, and it can come through the writings of others. Many people love Dallas Willard. Um, and he's got some videos online and you can watch his courses and you can literally receive mentoring from Dallas without actually knowing him. So I just want to, that's a very hopeful thought. I want to, I want to share that. Um, and then you asked about pursuing. Uh, yep. For the most part, you have to pursue it. Um, people are busy and everyone's got a full plate these days. And so you do kind of want to get yourself into those situations. Hey, can we have coffee? Hey, could I sit in on your class? Hey, can you show me how to do that? You know, like ask questions. That's, a, that's really, really good. Hey, we, because it is both and kind of a thing. Some, some we pursue, some, uh, come our direction and we got to uh, work there. Now, again, we're going to get to your book in a second, but I, Hey, yeah, the guy who wrote Wild at Heart and all these epic and all these big things. One of the uh, taglines I often use for this podcast is helping people on their adventure with Jesus. So with the man himself here, Mr. Adventure himself, I have to at least ask one question for my audience on that one. Uh, if if you were talk, had to give one piece of advice. Now, granted, you've written multiple books, so this is gonna maybe hard to narrow it down, but that guy who's listening to this podcast on the way to work, on the bus, gonna go to a cubicle that they're not excited about. Uh, if you were gonna give them one kind of starting point to you know, kind of hang their hat on to get started on a new adventure with Jesus, where would you kind of Hey, give or what encouragement would you give them kind of at that point of despair maybe I don't know <laughs> yeah exactly well um, there's adventure and then there's adventure so there's stuff we go do right I want to learn to surf I, I want to learn to dive I you know I, I'm gonna go on a you know bike trip across the state or something like that and those are really good and that really feeds the soul but most of us don't get a lot of that you know we got jobs and families and um i'm the adventure guy but it's been a long time since i've done you know something that really filled my soul like that because life's full but then there's adventure and it's it's what your podcast is about is that life with god actually is a phenomenal adventure it's phenomenal and the, the i think the first big idea is the idea that your heart matters God cares about your heart. And, and so what's my simple piece of advice? I would say, Jesus, what do you have for me today? Like, like literally just that, Jesus, what do you have for me today? Because what I, you know, one of the things that really changed my life with God was asking him, what do you have for me? Where are we headed? What are we doing? What are we up to? You know? Instead of feeling like, well, he's up there and I'm down here and I'm kind of lobbying prayers up, you know, um, God actually wants to talk to you. And, and he'll use all kinds of things to talk to, you know, music, songs, m movies, something somebody says over lunch. 
but also in your own heart. God will speak to you in your heart. And, and as you just begin to ask, okay, Jesus, what do you have for me? He'll, he'll speak. <laughs> and, and, and that will lead to adventure. That is for sure. <laughs> it really will. All right. Uh, so, so now shifting to your latest uh, book, uh, Get Your Life. Can I have one more thing yeah, to absolutely. that? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it's so important to your show and to your listeners. So let's riff on this a little bit more. Um, I, I would also say to folks, what is, what, what is the risk you're willing to take? Because what Jesus said, he who seeks to save his life will lose it. Most of the things we do to secure a safe life end up killing us. And so adventure with God does require some risk taking. And, and, you know, Jesus may say something wild to you, like go talk to that girl, three cubicles down, right? Ask her out, uh, you know, and you're like, what, you know, or, 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 or he may, he may say really wild stuff, like quit your job. And, and, you know, this whole book writing thing, by the way, there's a wild story behind it. I was, a, I was a young therapist. I was sitting in a marriage counseling session. I'm talking to two people, husband and wife, trying to listen to their story. And Jesus speaks to me during that session. And he says, John, you're talking to two people right now. I want you to talk to a lot more than that. And that's all he said. And I, you know, I, I go on for the next 45 minutes, finish the session and I'm leaving my office and I'm like, what was that? <laughs> God, what was that? And, and he, he said, you need to write, you need to speak. You just, I have a bigger audience for you. And so I didn't even really go seeking it. It, it was an adventure he invited me into, but the point is I had to take a risk. You, <clears throat> you said secure a safe life right. yeah what are some other examples because i love that phrase it's it's kind of the insulation that we give for ourselves uh can you give some other examples of what that looks like where people are doing that or is it more about pushing through what we already know does that make sense yeah no 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 well one thing will get you there quick is just what's killing you what, what in your life is killing you right now? And it, and it may be routine or it, it may be that the work that you're in is not even in your gift set. It, it may be that you left a dream behind a long time ago. Uh, you know, you, you trained as a teacher, but now you're selling shoes, you know, and maybe God wants you to go be a teacher, you know, and that's going to take some pretty big risks. So one question to ask is just what's killing you right now? But But I would say, safe life is one way. The other thing I'm aware of is I, I design my entire life around comfort. And so if it's uncomfortable, I tend not to do it. <laughs> it. You know, it's uncomfortable for me to have a really honest conversation with my mom. That's like super uncomfortable because just who she is and because of our history. Well, that's going to be a big adventure. For me to move into that. So I just start looking into areas of like, where have I just built, my whole life is built around comfort. And that is not good for the soul. The soul atrophies there. So that's, those are just some ways to, to ask yourself, you know, what, uh, what door, where's the wardrobe door, Jesus? <laughs> where's the wardrobe? Our C.S. Lewis, we come back, huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> you, you can never fail going back to C.S. Lewis, I think, right? I know it. All right. Since, since we've gone down this vein, I got to go one more uh, with that. Uh, as far as uh, comfort, uh, there, there's a balance, I would guess, between uh, pursuing things that are uncomfortable and then being reckless. Yes. Uh, any kind of how to navigate what is what am I what am I just pushing and it probably goes back to that original question God what do you have for me today uh, yes. but yes. any other kind of uh, yes yes um, don't be stupid <laughs> that's good <of> okay <laughs> the, the, so here like the higher level the risk get some input like if you're honestly thinking about quitting your job run that by a couple people like Talk to your friends, talk, talk to your priest, like talk to somebody, you know, um, if you're thinking about marrying someone, run that by a couple people, you know, talk to a marriage counselor, get, you know, ask your bishop what he thinks, whatever, whatever, right? Your pastor, your spiritual mentor, your parents, you know, so I would say the higher level, the risk, get some input, um, you know, big stuff. I want to, I want to, I'm going to quit my job and, and move to Thailand and fight human trafficking. That may be the great adventure of your life. But before you do something like that, get some input. I like that because the lower the risk, that also means some things you can just try. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> if it's if it's not quitting your job, if it's not if it's just going and talking to someone or sending someone an email or, or going back to the mentoring thing, shooting someone a text, can we go to coffee? That's not yep. a high risk. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Taking an art class, right? Signing up to learn, you know, uh, martial arts in a dojo. I mean, you know, go try some stuff, right? That's really good. All right. Now, this latest book is kind of feels from the title. I mean, from the from your titles, you know, you write Wild at Heart, Beautiful Outlaw, Epic, Killing Lions. And now we're talking about things like uh, one minute pausing and detaching. Uh, what, what, what's the story between, because yeah, being an author myself, there's normally a story behind why you write a book like this. What, uh, what's the origin of Get Your Life Back? Well, so, so if you take all those earlier titles, it's designed around, I think there's a big life God has for us. I, I think John 10.10 10 is true. I think he's come that we may have life and have it fully. But what I noticed was that... Um, I was losing my life and most of the people around me were losing their life because of the madness of the hour that we live in. Like this is a really hard moment on the earth to be a human being just to, and we can kind of unpack what I mean by that, but the regular assaults on our humanity. And, and so th yeah, this, uh, yep. There's a story and the story came out of my own life of, I just found myself, getting home most nights fried, you know, um, numb on my good nights, you know, but, but more often not just cooked, just baked. I was just, I don't, I don't have, I don't have room for anything now. I don't, I don't want to talk to anyone. I don't want to make dinner. 
I just want to veg. I just want to binge watch, you know, my favorite shows or whatever. And, and I'm like, this is not life. This is not good. <laughs> my soul is not well. That might be another way of saying it. I could tell my soul was not well. And, and I began to seek God about that. And, and so, you know, over the course of a couple of years, he took me into a, a way of getting my soul back and, and living sanely in this crazy world so that I can go on adventures, so that I can have life, so that I can find God. Yeah, so there's a story. Yeah. That, uh, I just got to say my initial reaction, because I finished it last night, uh, and I, I feel, some books you feel like, okay, I finished the book, and okay, I've you know got my lessons. This one feels like it's gonna. I'm gonna be carrying it for a while. And the uh, I mean, I've already instituted uh, the my version of the one minute uh, pause that we'll talk about uh, in a moment. And it just kind of has that depth that you kind of okay. This things that will alter over time. So just thank you for writing uh, yeah. this, this book. Yeah, right on. Uh, you you talked a, a little bit about the onslaught that we're feeling. Uh, can you kind of unpack that a little bit more? What, what what's yeah. going on in the world today that makes us in this vulnerable position? Yeah, yeah. It's it's the intersection. It's like a perfect storm. It's the intersection of several things. Um, the pace of life. So the promise was that technology was going to get us uh, more margin in our lives to do the things that we love, you know, to garden or to paint or to read or whatever it is, you know, you're a runner, you, you know, you can have more time. But what happened was technology just required us to keep up with the pace of technology. And now the amount of media, we, we are consuming more media in a week than would crash a laptop. 10 hours of media a day. Uh, of some form, you know, some sort of screen time, you know, kind of media consumption, that is brutal on the human soul. Like people were not meant to to have to live at that pace. And and if you ask anybody these days, how you doing? Within the first three sentences, they're going to say something about busy, or, or or oh man, I'm just pressed, or I, you know, I'd love to chat, but I don't have time right now, you know. So there's pace of life, right? We are running. And, and then there's the inundation of technology. You know, we're spending between four to nine hours a day on our, on our mobile devices. And that really actually messes with your brain. It, 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 we can say more of this later, but it actually changes the structure of your brain. Um, it's shortening our attention span. Um, we're living in the shallows. We're living... Um, we're fast and we're preoccupied with technology and there's very little time left to be human. And then I would add one more thing. Um, we are exposed to too much heartache. Um, there's just too much to care about, to be honest. And, and any caring person finds themselves feeling that like, you know, 2 million kids trafficked into the sex trade every year and, you know, uh, what, what, what's happening to the planet and, you know, um, Syria and the refugee crisis. I mean, you just go on and on and on, you know, American politics and, 
you know, British politics, French politics. <laughs> it's a mess. And, and actually, I don't know if anyone has told you this, dear listeners, but you actually were not meant to be exposed to that much heartache. It, it really is hard on the human soul. Human beings were meant to live within communities, but in, just simply in your social world, in your, your, your social media world, you are hearing way too many heartbreaking stories. And, and so the pace of life, the inundation of technology, too much media, and then just heartache, and that you put all that together and that's, it's brutal on your humanity. So what, what do you feel like is the result then? Uh, I mean, it's, what's the effect on the human at that point? Well, here's what I noticed. Here, um, so I'm a, grand, I'm a grandpa now. Um, I've, got, I've got three little grandchildren, in, you know, one and two years old. I love being with them. It's so freaking fun. Um, but I noticed that I could not be present to them for more than about five minutes. You know, I would want to check my phone. I kind of want to see what's going on in the grown-up world, look at the news, you know, see if a text came in, it would immediately get my attention instead of playing with my grandkids. And I'm like, whoa, like this is messed up. Like I actually, I love them and I'm a pretty good grandpa, but, but I'm not because I wasn't able to be present. And then I started looking across kind of the spectrum of my life. And I realized, um, I love to read. I'm not reading anymore. Um, my wife gave me a mountain bike for Christmas last year. It's been months since I've ridden months. And I started looking at all these indicators of, Oh, wow, I am, I'm hard pressed and I'm not doing well. And then to be honest, pissed in traffic, <laughs> Like just my, my, my reaction, like short fuse, not a lot of grace for people. And then the last thing was what I call the flinch. Uh, a friend would text with some hard news or text asking for some time or, hey, could I get a phone call with you? And I would flinch. Like it, it, it wasn't welcome. It was unwelcome. Like my soul's like, I got nothing. I got nothing left. People, stop asking me for stuff, you know? And so it was all that. It was like the loss of joy. I'm not doing the things that bring me life. And I, I got nothing to offer people that I love. Hey. And so this book really gives you, it gives people kind of some remedies to go. Uh, and the, the kind of the central places the one minute pause it seems like uh, at least for I mean that seemed like the heart yep. heart of the book uh can you exp explain that I've as I said I already have instituted it uh, well I'm trying I'm just started on this whole thing but uh what is the one minute pause <laughs> well here's the thing I I realized that nowhere in my day did I ever really just stop and do nothing just nothing I, I get off a phone call, I make another one. I answer an email, I answer 10 more. You know, I, I get off a text and I make a phone call and while I'm on the phone, I'm I'm Googling something I need to research. You know, it, and, and then it was, you know, get home and go straight from the car into the house and handle what, what, what needs are here. And, you know, it's just boom, 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 boom. And 
what God invited me into was learning to pause during my day. And it sounds so simple, but it has been immense. It's been a rescue. So here's what I mean. So when I pull into work in the morning, before I get out of my car, I just sit there. I turn the podcast off that I was listening to, and I do nothing. I literally let my soul catch up. Um, and, and so I just breathe. And then we can talk a little bit about how I use the pause. You know, I, I literally practice something called benevolent detachment, and that kind of thing. But, but um, And then I do it again around, well, it's become so important to us that in our building now, we have bells that go off at 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. And it's very disruptive. There's monastery <laughs> bells ring out. And, and you're in a meeting or you're and, and the whole staff knows everybody's stopping for 60 seconds. Everybody stop and just reset. And and spiritually, it, it's amazing. Like you create a little bit of room for God. Boom. He's happy to meet you there. And then, like, in terms of the neuroscience, it literally actually resets your brain. It, it helps you have more attention for the next thing you're about to do and that sort of thing. But the one-minute pause is where the book starts, you know, in a whole number of different practices because it's doable. It's accessible. You know, if you start talking to people about things like fasting or, or spiritual retreats and stuff, they're like, they're gone. I'm gone because I'm like, I don't have time for that. But but I can I can pause I can learn I can learn to do that and and so that's where it begins and so let me let me jump in right now and tell you something really cool so we developed an app called the one minute pause it's free you get on the app store right now it's called one minute pause and the creator is Ransomed Heart which is our organization it's free gang and and and. It'll guide you through using the practice of a pause, getting it in your day, and then like how to use it. Um, and so, anyway, I just want to give that a shout out oh, because it's super cool. And and we just released it three weeks ago, and people are loving it. It's it's a lifeline in the madness. Very cool. I, I, like I said, I I did another version. I just had the alarms, but I, I'm going to have to check it out myself. Uh, that sounds yeah. uh, like yeah, you're uh, going to dig. All right, with a uh, just got to ask when you you're in a meeting, how how does that go when you just the bells well, go out? Let me explain to people. It's it's disruptive, and we just go, "Hi, I'm I'm sorry. You know, uh, we have a practice here in our office that everybody just takes a a 60 second pause, and every single person." that's been introduced to it, it's like that is amazing i i love that i'm going to bring that back to my work you know so or to my family or to to you know i'm going to i'm going to do that you know on my commute in the morning on the metro i'm just going to put my headphones on and do that so people are digging it well, we'll have to make sure that our 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 podcast does not go over the bells <laughs> Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> we have to pause during the podcast. Because you, you have a podcast. I'm guessing you just don't record between, at 10 and 2. Is that how that <laughs> Exactly. But, but, but there's a number of meetings where we forget and, and the bells go off. And, and it's really good because it just causes everybody, you know, you get, you get spinning. I, I think the world, I think the overall effect of the world right now is everybody is just spun up. You just get wired. You get spun up. You get sideways. 
And the pause is a way to just poof, let it all go. Let it all go. And, and you mentioned uh, benevolent detachment, which uh, I love that whole concept. Uh, why, why is it necessary? I mean, we've kind of touched on it, but I mean, what, what yeah. does that do and what yeah. does that look what like? It, what does it do? So here's a couple here's a couple doorways into it. First off, Jesus says these crazy things like, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. <laughs> You're like, oh, I, I must not be living that life. You know? and, and, and then like Peter says, cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. And it's a really beautiful invitation, but I think most of us, have a pretty hard time doing it. Um, stuff piles up, um, not just in our thoughts, but on our hearts, right? Like um, some friends today are, are grieving and, and at a loss that they experienced, and I'm aware of that. And, and that's going to pile up on all the other things of my day. Like things just begin to build up on your heart and soul. And so this idea of casting it all on God so here's how it happened. Here's the story. For the past couple of years, I would come to Jesus with something in prayer. You know, I need some guidance or my wife is sick or something, you know, just normal stuff. Right. I just, hey, you know, Jesus, I need some help. And and he would respond to me by saying, give everyone and everything to me. And I'm like, oh, OK, yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, but Lord, what I was talking about. <laughs> You know, and then he would say it again, give everyone and everything to me. I'm serious, Kevin. He, he repeated this for almost two years. And I'm like, I get it already. But I didn't get it. Like, that was the point. It, it, I was just carrying stuff. You know, what do we do with my aging mom? And is she going to need, you know, to go into a memory care unit? And what do I do with work and you know what do i do with this big tax bill that just came in and you know just all life right and and learning guys this is gonna this is gonna be so huge learning to let it go and the beauty of the woman at pause is all all we're asking you to do is just let it go for 60 seconds we're not asking you to let it go for the rest of your life we're just saying there's a couple moments in your day where you just let it go and for me bedtime is a really good one like when, when I'm finally done with the day, if I want to sleep, I got to let it all go. I don't want to go to bed thinking about it. And I don't want to wake up thinking about it. I mean, I was dreaming about work. I was having work dreams, right? Where I'm continuing my work day and my dreams for heaven's sake. And, and so benevolent detachment, um, the idea is this. It's benevolent because it's not cynicism. It's not anger. It's not resignation. It's, it's kindness. It's just saying in kindness, I got to let this go. And, and then detachment, learning to kind of unvelcro yourself from, from the things that have really piled up on your soul, like letting people go, letting conversations go, letting emails go. There's an email I read this morning that I probably shouldn't have read. And I'm ready, I'm ready to fire back a really juicy response. And I, I got to let it go. I got to let it go because that's the stuff that fries the soul. And so learning benevolent detachment has been this massive rescue. Um, and, and part of it goes back to the earlier thing about we're, we're just presented with too much information. You know, you, the latest shooting, 
the the latest earthquake, you know, the the famine that and it's just too much. And and so somewhere somewhere in your day, you just got to stop and let it go. Is a uh, well, two parts. I kind of got two thoughts going here at the same time. Yeah. I try to. I, first, I, I loved how with the benevolent detachment, you talk about it's even good stuff you have to let go of. Uh, people who are in high, you know, compassion ministry type things, even they need to let it go. Uh, is it? Do you find it harder to get, uh, release stuff that are on the good side than the or both? Both hard to let go. Well, we don't even think of the good stuff. The bad stuff is right in front of us, right? And 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 by the way, there's research that shows that simply being exposed to traumatic news is traumatizing. Um, the studies that were done during 9/11 that people who watched it on their televisions you know, in other time zones, experience the same PTSD as people who are present there in New York. So you got to be really careful what you expose yourself to. And and so the, the bad stuff, like, I got to let that go. I just got to let that go. That's pretty obvious. The good stuff is harder because it um, it's your compassion. It's your empathy. It's your care. You care about your kids. You care about, you know, your neighbor. You care about your work. And, um, but nonetheless, it it's burdens the soul. It really does. And and kind of the cu- couple quick tests are just this. I'll just I'll just give you a quick test. When was the last time you felt carefree? When was the last time you felt lighthearted? You know, we don't even we don't really realize it's happening to us. But you're like, oh yeah, vacation two years ago. You know, I felt carefree. <laughs> Uh, and so, but Jesus really is inviting us, you know, that, that passage about come to me, all you who are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Peterson translates that in the message as keep company with me, Jesus says, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. And here's a cool little secret about benevolent detachment. Actually, the more that you are able to let stuff go, the more um, the more room there is in your life for joy, the more room there is in your life for love, the more room in your life for God. It, it's really wonderful. It, it makes me I think now that, I'm going off script here in a second, but <laughs> as when you talk about you know news and things like that, I I've kind of been in a process of trying to evaluate you know what information I even let into my life. Yeah, and uh, I mean I, local news I've given up two decades ago, but uh, like uh, what what kind of things you allow in? Do you, because simply because you can't absorb it all, and we live in a world that you could be uh, you could be up to date on Rwandan politics if you wanted to. Uh, uh, there's just too much out there. Uh, do you have any uh, frameworks you'd help uh, if someone's trying to, you know, say what what do I need to 
we'll stick with the news for a second. What do I need to consume and what do I not need to consume? Or is that going to be very different for different people? Well, it, it is different because some people um, have to be aware of certain things because of their occupation or, you know. Um, but I would say this, gang, there's a couple of things about news that you need to understand. First off, news is a commodity that is sold to you. And so they have to get your attention. Everyone's competing for your attention, by the way. Okay, so pause. We're going to riff on this. Your attention is the last bit of real estate that is being fought over. Everybody is competing for your attention. And so it's the clickbait and the notifications and you know all that stuff, right? Um, well, the news is actually like that. I don't think people, I, I used to think the news was like an objective thing, but it's not. Those news outlets are competing for your attention. And so just notice it's not stories of, hey, Ted and Nancy got back together this week, <laughs> you know, and and hey, Jennifer is using the pause and she's really getting some more joy in her life. That's not the news. The news is is the shocking. It's the alarming. It's because they are competing for your attention. And so here's a different way of thinking of it is protect your attention. Protect your attention. Don't just let stuff grab it. Having said that, you asked for some guidelines. Five minutes. Five minutes. Um, yep, in five minutes, you can check to see if something very significant is happening in the world that you need to be aware of. And after that, pull out. Pull out. You actually don't need to know what's happening in Rwandan politics this week. You don't, you know, and you, you just don't. You don't need to know about the sardine fishermen in Argentina right now. There, there isn't a darn thing you can do about it. And, and, and so this stuff is competing for your soul. And, I, you know, my idea is fight back, man. Take your soul back. It reminds me of, I think it's a, the book Essentialism. And one of the points is the uh, absolute unimportance of most everything. <laughs> there really is. Right? <laughs> most, hey, which is funny when I, I did, I mean, it's probably 20 years ago, I stopped, uh, you know, any local news type thing. I just like, because local news for sure, it's just who killed who and I mean, that kind of yep. thing. And so I stopped and I haven't, you know, maybe I've missed out, but I had most stuff. I, I, my life has gone on uh, since then. Uh, from, we'll, we'll stick with the detachment. Uh, that also speaks to, I mean, there's the one minute pause, but then there's also structural, uh, uh, bigger things that you want to, you seem to be encouraging people to look at, that taking that to a next level, because uh, that, seems to be learning from Jesus there. Uh, what are, where would people, once they get that one minute pause, where would they build from there? Well, take a look at your social media uh, consumption. You, you probably can trim that back some. Um, because the thing is, if, if you buy a little bit of real estate back, you get to do stuff that you love to do. And, and so what restores you? What renews you? Like I, for me, I've got to get out 
I've got to get outside and at least walk. Um, and, and so I'll just get up and walk outside the building. Five minutes. You know, we're not talking heroics here, but I just, I will get up. I will leave my office. I will walk around outside the building. And as I'm doing that, I'm letting it all go. And I'm enjoying the day. Like, what's the day doing? Oh, wow. It's, it's foggy this morning. You know, I'm going to throw a coat on and go walk around. Five minutes. You know, simple things like that that allow you to nourish your soul. And, and then I, I just throw, like, this is the simplest, most accessible thing in the world that most people don't take advantage of. And it's beauty. Human soul is designed to be nourished by beauty. Um, we love it. We're absolutely enamored by it. You know, you just, when people take vacations, they don't go to ugly places, <laughs> right? They go to beautiful places. They don't go to strip malls or strip mines, you know? They, they, they go to what they think is beautiful, and, and that's fine because that's your version of it. For some people, it's the beach. For other people, it's, you know, Paris, you know, whatever. That's fine. But, it's, but the, pro the thing is, it's beauty. It's beauty. And here's the deal. Um, beauty heals the soul. And you, you can actually let beauty into your life every day. Like that's an easy thing. Music, um, the view out the train window as you commute into work, you know, uh, your garden, uh, photography, the things that you decorate your office with or your home. Like it's, you can do this. It's very doable. And here's the thing. Most people have beauty all around them and they never stop to let it in. You just go, you just blast past it. Like, here's my confession. I have no idea what it's like outside right today. I have no idea. It's probably a beautiful day out there, but I've been so busy, I haven't even paid attention to it. Here's an idea of let beauty into your life whatever that is for you. So, you know, get music back, get reading back. You know, if it's a walk, get that back. If it's nature for you, get that back. Like it, you don't, you don't need to take a vacation to go get it. You can find it because beauty heals the soul. It heals the soul. I love that love because it. it's, uh, it's kind of, once you eliminate some stuff, you're creating that, that margin, and it's almost like, okay, now we can play again. Uh, what, exactly. what are those things that are going to uh, going to spark joy or whatever that within you? Uh, there's, uh, there's, uh, I realize now that there's no way I'm going to get through all the things I, I wanted, to, which is okay because we're detaching here. Uh, uh, and, and let me encourage the listener not to detach from the podcast. That's, that's not what... <laughs> If you're going to cut something out, cut somewhere else. I don't know. But uh, if uh, for going through this process for you, uh, what, uh, I mean, having written uh, as many books as you have, I'm sure certain books, you take things with you from uh, kind of your, do you have an initial uh, guess on oh, what you're going to take away from this book in your own personal life? What's going to gonna have that long lasting fruit for you oh oh i'm already doing better like i wrote i wrote the book out of the process of getting better i i need i need my soul was just so fried and i'm i'm better um in 
and the good news is I'm not just better, but I'm living more sanely so that I can stay better, right? So I'm so much better coming like I'm playing with my grandkids now and I don't I don't care what time it is. I don't I don't need to look at my phone and I'm I am present to the gifts in my life. Yeah, I can pay attention to what my wife is saying to me in the morning and, and not just like check out I, just simple things. There's more joy in my life. There's much more healing and it increases my capacity for things like this. Like I love podcast conversations. I love this. You know, I tell you what, six months ago, I kind of would have dreaded this interview, um, but not anymore. I love it. And, and I'm energized by it and I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying my life. And so in, in the concept of the book, I, I really put the cookies on the, on the bottom shelf. Like, Whatever it is we do to get our life back, it's got to be very doable. It, it, you know, we can't be monks. We, we can't all move to the South Pacific. It, you know, it's got to be available now. And the things that I'm doing and the things I lay out in the book, I, I'm, I'm better. I'm a happier person. Right. And I, and I'll be honest. I, I would encourage everyone to to read it we'll get to where they can find it and all that and we'll remind them of the one minute but i i do gotta go to my so far my favorite quote from the book so uh, my daily walk is a good benchmark because it's simple accessible and tells me whether i'm real living realistically uh, now maybe it, it spoke to me because i've seen your dogs walk back and forth and my dog's sitting over here uh, and so that that walk with the dog uh, is is life giving uh, to me. Uh, not in Minnesota today uh, with negative degrees, but when I can. Uh, but I love the phrase whether or not I'm living realistically. Uh, is there? Because again, that's a bigger. Uh, that that was a barometer you gave to yourself. Uh, yep. How? Uh, Kind of as, as we're wrapping, uh, landing the plane, so to speak, uh, what would you uh, tell people? Because you said you're feeling better. What uh, what kind of hope would you give for people to live realistically? Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, you already have barometers in your life, gang. You do. There, there are things that you enjoy that if you are not doing it, it's letting you know things are off the rails. So for some of you, it's playing the piano and you just enjoy that. And if you're not doing that anymore, that's the yellow light on the dashboard, right? And for some of you, it's reading. And for others of you, it's, you know, you love uh, taking your, your motorcycle out for a spin. And if you haven't done that for six weeks, like uh, 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 that, that's really helpful. You just Pick a couple barometers for yourself. Pick very realistic things, not, you know, I'm going to learn Chinese this year. Like, pick very realistic things that you enjoy, that, that are good reflections of, when I'm doing that, my life is sane. And, and when I don't have room for that anymore, my life has gone off the rails. Because then it'll just let you know. You just go, oh my gosh, I haven't taken a walk in... 10 days. What is up? I, I got to get that back. And then by getting the walk back, you get part of your soul back. And by getting part of your soul back, you have more of God. So here's the big, big, big idea we haven't, we haven't touched on. 
life in this moment, life in this world, requires a soul that is saturated with God. His love, his life, his strength, his resilience, just the presence of God in our lives. But life in this world, in this hour, in this moment, is perfectly designed to prevent that from happening. Life in this world shrivels the soul. But the soul is the vessel God fills. And so if we're having a hard time finding life, finding God, hearing from him, it's because our soul is so shriveled. So we take care of our souls, and God shows up, and he fills us, and he saturates us again. And what you, you're kind of ruined for any other life. You're like, I just can't, I can't do what I used to do anymore because it's so crazy. You know, it's not healthy is what I mean. You know, it's. Well, that's because <clears throat> that, yes, that is the goal. It's not, the goal is not just to go for a walk. The goal is to enjoy God and, uh, and be with him and to, uh, out of that. But you have to have a soul that's healthy uh, to get there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, where where can people right, well obviously put in the show notes about the book and whatnot but where where you want to send people or learn more about what you're doing and things like that uh, as we as we wrap up today yeah yep yeah. uh, so johneldridge.com uh, can get you there um, also I really want to come back to get in the app store find the one minute pause download it on your phone uh, iPhone and Android and and try it. Just try it for a few days. It's going to be so lovely that you're like, man, this is great. And, and it's doable. So like, get that. Excellent. Well, I will definitely be doing that uh, when I get off the, uh, the call here uh, myself. Uh, thanks for taking the time today. I really appreciate it. Uh, it's, it's a great book. I hope everyone uh, goes out and gets them themselves a copy. Yeah, thank you so thank much. You. Great chatting with you, man. Well, there you have it. I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. Uh, let me just say I'm recording this part a few weeks after the conversation, and I've been using the Pause app since then. I really like it. I've even used it with my wife that used it together. So I think you'll enjoy it. Check it out. Uh, to see the other show notes uh, and get the links he mentioned, etc., head on over to ChristConnection.cc slash podcast again that's christconnection.cc slash podcast while you're there check out the other resources that we have uh, for your adventure with jesus because that's why we exist uh, to help you out uh, don't forget to subscribe to the show and share it with a friend if it's helpful to you uh, and we'll see you in the next episode so until next time thanks for listening